Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome for today's podcast. I'm joined by a plethora of Grimsby Town experts, and uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know another word of describing that. Um, but um, we're here to talk about the football for once. The Mariners c- came off the back of a 1-0 win against our not-so-mighty rival, Scunthorpe United, in a game that could be described as the worst ever in performance-wise, in my personal opinion. But uh, to discuss that, the defeat to bottom of the table, South End, I'm joined by Tom Sargent of BBC Radio Humberside. Tom, how are you? I'm very good, thanks. How are you? Good, I'm fine. Have you had much come in from your uh, debut on the Sports Talk? Uh, no. <laughs> Other than, other than my brother telling me how he disagreed with what I said, obviously. <laughs> and then uh, Henry is here as well. Henry is in deepest, darkest tier two. How are you, Henry? Uh, wonderful. I'm truly enjoying all of my meals out with my housemate. <laughs> and uh, from tier three, Bruce, how are you? I'm good. Thank you very much. Brilliant. And here on the cusp of tier four locked down and and desperate for any bread or carbohydrates if you want to send them to the podcast it'd be great um and i myself i'm here as well obviously uh that is a terrible intro but we'll we'll go with it um so gentlemen we'll go we'll come on to the finer points and we'll come on to the better point uh later on with the the win over scunny let's start with what was dis- uh coined as the clash of the shitans by our friends at all at sea fanzine it was bottom of the table v bottom of uh, the back of the sofa grimsby town 3-1 win to south end and it was at the lowest point really for ian holloway's reign currently i'm going to throw it op- open to the table those of you who watched it how did you find it how did you think it went and what do you think has changed or if anything has changed since oh well i watched it and um, I thought, excluding the, the terrible start, we actually played all right in the first half and the equaliser was much deserved. Um, what happened in the second half can only be described as uh, shambolic, really. <laughs> just, just didn't come out the same team. Uh, we conceded, uh, got another goal from a, a set piece where there was you know, no marking, which basically led to the first goal as well. Nobody picking someone up on the edge of the box. And then uh, their centre-half playing as a centre-forward scored uh, a, a headed goal, which sort of snuck through the keeper's legs. I mean, it was it was just a disaster. Uh, it, didn't, it didn't stop me putting a pound on uh, Grimsby bringing it back to three all though with ten minutes to go. <laughs> that is confidence that I'd never see, thought I'd ever see from you. I think that I think that bet went down the pan when uh, our answer to try and save the game at three one down was to bring a lad who didn't have a shirt uh, name or number on his shirt. Yeah, just about summed up the situation at the club at the moment. What an absolute shambles! How does that even happen, guys? I don't, I don't get that. I mean, I know we've got quite a large squad, but surely that never, that, that never even happened in the league when we had like fifty loanees. 
No, the only time it ever happened was when they used to get blood on their shirts and it used to just be quick running to the club shop and grab a, an extra large. We didn't sign him in the car park because nobody was making the debut, did we? <laughs> <laughs> We're not allowed. But I, I assume entrance to, from the car park is now strictly forbidden because there are telegraph photographers there ready and waiting uh, mm. just in case they get a scoop. Um, it was it was an odd one, wasn't it? It was it was pretty poor from from both teams in terms of their efforts, but it was a I would say it was probably a better performance in the first half than Town put in throughout the entire ninety minutes against Gunthorpe. Created yeah. a lot of chances, got quite close. Hit the bar, um, hit the post. Yeah, and um, and a couple of balls either way. It could a couple of ricochets either way. We could have been talking about a different story, but. Let's talk about the the, the, the the defending. So the first goal, guys, I don't know if I'll take you back. Corner comes in. Uh, oh, no, it wasn't a corner, sorry. It was just drilled in, wasn't it, from the edge of the area. Um, pretty good strike, I thought. What did you guys make of that that first goal within about a minute or so? I mean, we held that as long as we could. Uh, it was less than 30 seconds. Was it? Yeah. What did you I think mean, of it, Tom? It was a good strike, wasn't it, on the half folly? Yeah, it was hard, hard to keep them down. Um, you know, let's be fair, it was a, it was a good strike, but again, it comes down to, for me, um, there are certain areas of the game um, where we just don't do the basics right. Um, another is where well, we give away too many free kicks. We've given away 257 free kicks this year, which is more than anybody else in League Two. That is a colossal amount of free kicks in 17 games or 18 games or whatever we've played now do you think we've um do you think we've done that for a few years which sounds silly but sometimes we seem to have traits at the club that occur under different managers and i, I do think we 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 give away far too many now but we seem to have i seem to have sat in the lower for the last few seasons and just said how many silly free kicks do we give away it seems to be is it is it a trait maybe of a struggling side that you you know, that you do make silly tackles and you do make, you know, whereas, you you know, a team that's attacking more is on the front foot and maybe to the ball faster, perhaps. Mm, no, because I think um, this has been a problem since the Hurst era uh, that we just hadn't shaken, even under Paul Hurst, um, Sean Pearson, for example, uh, Bradley Wood. Uh, even even Macca for time-wasting used to pick up like silly bookings all the time um it's... i wouldn't say that's the same thing though is it like that's just general football shithousery isn't it i think yeah, well, I, I, think, I, I think what Bruce, pearson, I would agree pearson and bradley pearson and bradley wood are good examples how oh um, yeah i'm just saying silly, McEwen wasn't, was it? yeah i know <laughs> um but it's it's in in my opinion doing that is is still a, a silly booking because if you do that several times or you you know you do that in the 87th minute and then a corner comes in um like back then when they they didn't you didn't have the double jeopardy whatever it's called rule you know a, a corner comes in and you clobber someone and get a second yellow you're not even on the field to save the penalty sort of thing um potentially and you know, the, the bookings always used to add up for Pearson with a, um, a, a suspension. And he was one of our best players at the time. And it's the same now. Like we not only do we give away too many free kicks, we give away free kicks in positions where we we're handing the advantage to the other team, either by letting them out cheaply 
or giving them an opportunity to get a ball in towards our box, which is creating um, a, a potential occasion where they might have a shot on goal. What do we think is causing those errors? What do you think is so weak about town, guys, that makes them open for these sort of silly free kicks? I find that most of them come on the wings. Um, but, what, Henry, what are your thoughts on that? And why do you think we're quite vulnerable at giving those away? Just the lack of discipline. Like, I'd sometimes, like, and it's like, we'll come on to it. But, I mean, the amount of fouls we gave away against Scunny. I don't know. I don't know whether it is just the game plan to just completely break, try and break up play. But I mean, that only works when you can defend set pieces, and we can't defend set pieces. So I can't imagine that it's deliberate. Um, but it's just like there are some repeat offenders in the team um, week in, week out, and <clears throat> a lot of the free kicks you give away, it's when the opposition, they've got the back to goal, they're not really going anywhere, and it's just like little nudges in the back or a little kick, and, you know, it's just a complete lack of discipline and just not not thinking about the situation. And, and, and yeah, it's just the sign of, of a not very good team, not playing with confidence, that lacks discipline, which is not good. I'll tell you what, I've just, what I have just thought, thinking about the game and who gives away free kicks, and I'll tell you who doesn't give many silly free kicks away, and that's Matty Pollard. Um, I, just thinking about the game that I've, the games I've watched, the games I've seen, it's not very often that, that you hear Pollock. You know, when he comes in for a header or something, it's about the ball and not the man. And he just—I could be, you know, correct me if you think I'm wrong, but I can't think of—I can't think of Matty Pollock giving away many free kicks yesterday. When, when like, when like we just said, there were there were some people who gave away quite a few. Um, no, I think when he's playing next to Luke Waterfall, it's night and day because Waterfall's a serial offender with giving free kicks away. Oh man, was as well, wasn't he? Yeah, he was, yeah. But Matty seems to give fewer away. I, I don't think he's completely uh, innocent of it, but he certainly gives away fewer than others. Who do you think was who, who do you think was a, a, an archetypal defender we should li- like sort of hail as a, a, what we should be aspiring to in terms of that ability of not giving away free kicks in areas in which we do concede from? And, and it's we obviously conceded uh, twice from a corner at South End. It was a corner the first goal, wasn't it? That came from almost identical the first those two goals wasn't it good i'm getting nods that's i'm glad to know i'm, I'm not making it up the first goal uh, was from open player i think but he was in the corner fine i was listening in the car so i can't i can't comment on that <laughs> I, I was just swearing it i hadn't even logged on yet <laughs> didn't, 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 didn't somebody post a it might even have been you alex didn't somebody post a, the other day that about the minutes that teams have spent losing or something and we're right down there we we just seemed, I, I couldn't believe it i just i was just sat in the car while my daughter trained football and i just could literally could not believe when he was describing and you you're trying to wait you got the tone of the commentator's voice and it's like but there's no crowd and you're just waiting for him to tell you that it's gone in or it's gone wide and and, and it's gone in again in the, in the first minute and i just couldn't believe it Gents, I just want to, it's breaking news for us anyway, and I think I just showed you on the, the camera, but Owen Windsor has been uh, sent back to West Brom. Um, so I don't know if anybody's got any thoughts on that. I thought he was okay. Nothing spectacular, but no worse than the the, the rest of the, the litter we've got of he had pretty a, ineffective strikers. He had a little spell, the late Norwich <laughs> game followed by the Cheltenham game where he backed a couple of goals and he looked really, really bright up front. And then I think his decline in form sort of mirrored when the team declined as well, um, sort of in that barren patch. And sort of for a 17-year-old and 
up until the Saturday against Scunthorpe, we were playing sort of one central striker. I think that's a really tough situation to go into. But I think of the loanees, he's certainly shown more promise than a lot of them. Uh, he's I think hi- in the right in the right situation, I think he could do quite well. He's highly rated, isn't he? And like you like you say, the, the couple of games where we did play, you know, we, we we scored some good goals in those two games, which almost stick out like a sore thumb in the season, really, performance-wise and, and scoring-wise. Um, and he, like, like you say, he looks he looks good in a team that was full of confidence. And he he came on the back of some rave reviews from uh, things I read from uh, West Brom fans as well. I think uh, I think from the inter- the post match interview yesterday with John Tonda and Ian Holloway, I, I think someone's gone on there. It's a bit out of the blue. Um, don't really see any particular reason to to send him back I think like the others have said like he's he's shown um glimpses of of what he can do and that he's obviously a decent player um and it seems seems a bit odd for him just sort of just like that from one day to the next to be to be getting sent home um so I, I think so much gone on and big Sam wants a look <laughs> yeah maybe Biggest well, uh, Bobby Stockdale's gone to um, West Brom as one of his uh, coaches. Obviously, probably knows Stockdale from his time at Sunderland, but Stockdale started started coaching at Town, didn't he, when he was doing like uh, age group coaching when he was playing here? Yeah, Stockdale's always 5-1 to one to get the manager job whenever it comes up uh, in the autumn for Grimsby normally. He was, yeah, he was, he was manager of the youth team for a short while. Um and um, yeah, he was pretty good and took the team through beating Burnley and, and playing Newcastle in the FA Youth Cup. Um, he was pretty effective and then went to Sunderland, obviously, and he managed there very briefly, didn't he? He was on the Netflix show. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, that was, it's it's a shame, but he's not one of the first, he won't probably be the first of the um, the guys to go back, I imagine, in terms of on loans. Who do you think is next for the, for the Heath Hogue before this, the end of the year? Maybe Gomi from from uh, Forest. Yeah, we haven't seen much of him. <laughs> that says that says a lot. Um, I can't I can't remember what the seven loanees who's who. I think the only one that you'd say guaranteed to try and keep for the season would be Danny Preston. Yeah, because yeah, we've got nobody else in the left back position, have we? Yeah. He's an example of someone giving away a stupid free kick yesterday. They got down the right-hand side. He was going into the corner flag and he comes steaming in with a sliding tackle and just takes him out. He could have just stood up and shown him into the corner or, or, you know, just kept him up by the the touchline and they wouldn't have got anywhere near the goal. But he just just lost it for a split second and thought, I'm going to have him here. And that was it. I don't think he got booked, but he was lucky to get away without a booking as well. He was, and the cross had gone in, and he slid in after the ball had gone. And the ball, it was like 20 yards too long. It had gone out for a goal kick. So it's completely needless, that one. I know exactly which one you're on about, Tom. um, The only thing that's ever frustrated me from Danny Preston from the game yesterday, I must have missed that one, was when uh, we had a chance of a counter-attack in the first half. And um, the ball was thrown, thrown by James McEwen, uh, learning his ways to him. And then instead of Preston just 
absolutely hammering it and showing heels towards and getting up there as quickly as he could. He just dithered on the ball, stopped and, and looked back and passed it back. So frustrating to sort of, instead of immediately being on the front foot, taking Scunny uh, to task and pushing them back and in a way defending that way by putting it into their half, we were then back under pressure because the ball had gone back to McEwen and uh, or back along the defensive line and we were we were again under the cosh but in our own half. I yeah, find that I think, stuff really frustrating. I think other than sort of one or two minor things like that, I think Preston's generally performed well for us and yeah. that little green that little green spell around the Orient Cheltenham games, I think that was probably when he was at his best as well and he was getting forward really well. Um so yeah, so I keep him of the others, I mean, to be honest, like We've got such a big squad. No one's really sort of staked a place as a regular starter among the low knees. No, you got Morton. I mean, he's not been seen for weeks, has he? No. Who's the other one? Taylor, is it? Terry Taylor? Oh, Terry, Terry. Taylor, yeah. Yeah, he's been he's been decent in spells, I think. He's, he's fairly steady in the middle. And what about Edwards, guys? Because he's the one that was generated the, the most of the excitement at the start of the season. I don't know about you, but I think he's 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 an act, act pro. Ah, uh, he's a uh, he's a surge from Kofo for me, sort of on on the wing, you know, like he's so good on the ball and he's got he has flashes where he'll beat three people, but I mean you could count on one hand every game he's played the number of completed passes that he makes. The, he gives the ball away far far too much. And he loves a cul-de-sac, we said, didn't we? And he's he's been here for sort of three or four months, and he's here to learn not to do that. Um, before, because like if he if he is better with the ball and the decisions that he makes, then he'd be playing at a far higher level than than we are at the minute. Um, so he's come here to learn how not to do that. But in the three or four months that he's been here, you can't say that he's a better player now than he was three months ago. I don't I don't think he get, just going to give a little bit of defence to the young players though. I don't think that our environment and everything that the way that our club and team have been going probably helps these young lads. You know, there's a lot of them mixed together, aren't there? And 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 we've had, you know, we've had senior players that that for whatever reason haven't been performing, whether it's injuries or lack of form or whatever, or fitness at the start of the season. We've had it, it can't have been easy to be a young player in in our team or, or amongst a, a, you know at least half a team of other young players. Yeah, definitely. And I think if you're if you're a manager of a championship or Premier League squad or a development manager or whatever, and you, you look at town at the minute, would you want to send the youngster to us in our current situation? Probably not. Yeah, and that's that's one of the big things when it comes to loans. Uh, we, were, we weren't in the same position that we would have been when Holloway came in in January last year. We were we were on the top edge of the, the relegation. It was just being muted, really, wasn't it? But no one was taking it too seriously. Um, so it's, it's a shame that that could well be an issue. Uh, Josh Jensen came in and asked, uh, came in and said, "When was the last time Town had any success playing anything other than four four two? We seem to have reverted back to that yesterday and, and performed pretty pretty well in terms of the result. Uh, can anyone think of a time when we did? Slade played five three two when we got to the playoffs, didn't he? For a large part of that season, he played wing backs. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's true. Point. That's a good point. Anyone else with anything more recent than that? I don't think Hurst did." Good. And speaking of Hurst, interview with Bradford. Will it be? Will it be? Will it be announced tomorrow to then have a one 0 win on Tuesday night? 
Oh, I'm very tempted. It'd be a good, it'd be a good coup for them. He's a really good, I think he's a really good manager at, at, for, for this level. Um, what do you yeah. think? Do you think I, he'll be ended up there? I mean, hard to say who they'll go for, but I think Hurst in League Two, like, you look at his career since he left us and, I mean, really the big mistake that he made was leaving Shrewsbury, I think. Um, sort of Ipswich was a disaster, I think. It was a difficult situation for that club anyway, sort of because they were slashing costs that season. So he brought in his... He did his normal method of bringing people from lower levels to try and compete, and it didn't work out for him there. And then he went into a situation at Scunny, which is probably similar to us at the minute, um, apart from the fact that they lose more money than we do. Um, so I can't, like, you look at the last couple of years that he's had, and it's not been great, but I think that's more the situation that he's been in rather than sort of him degrading as a manager. So I think anyone at our level, if they pick him up and give him a bit of time, would, would do well. You would think you would go on, Bruce. You would think that um, it would be a, somewhere like Bradford, though, would be a a big a make or break job for him. You know, he's arguably failed at or not. You know, didn't work out at Ipswich. His bigger his bigger chance found himself back in League Two, obviously with Scunthorpe, which is you know as we've just discussed, is embarrassing. Failing well, failing there is not. You know, he's the way the way the, the you know the club was hemorrhaging money. Um, was probably no sort of no shame in that. But his next job, if he fails again, then where does he get his next job after that? Yeah, I mean, we'll always have a space. Can I just go back? <laughs> can I just go back to just before? I mean, I know we've moved on, but the South End thing. What I did like at South End was to see the kind of goal that we did score. It was nice to see Jackson Junior in the box in the six yard box tapping in. You know, an opportunist finish. Um, we don't get enough goals like that. You know, we said the, we said last time I was on, we talked about how many sort of easy opportunities we seem to give to the opposition, and he was in the the right place at the right time, and he stuck it in the back of the net. I think if we ever have a striker that's going to be, he's just going to put himself central and just stick himself in the middle, he's going to be successful for us because the we just don't well, the opportunities we do create there's no one there ever to receive them because the defenders are, the, the strikers are always coming deep trying to find a ball and trying well, to find a way of getting involved i um i think i know we haven't we haven't come on to yesterday yet even though we've touched on it in a few different uh, subjects i thought it was nice yesterday to see well not nice but it was interesting to see that actually there were only two lone players in the starting um 11 um preston and who else was the other one? Um, Edwards was in the t- in the squad. He's, did he start? Did, did he start? No, Edwards he didn't came start. on, didn't he? Yeah, there was he another did. another lone player. Um, I can't think of something. I won't sit here. Um, um, in an hour. Oh, Kyle Bennett. Yeah, yeah. There were two lone. So there were there were two lone players that uh, that started yesterday, and I think that's quite a reflection of maybe as well how he thinks things are going and how, like we said a few minutes ago, how they've performed. So maybe. Maybe if it's possible for us to do so, we might trim the squad by sending quite a few of the seven back, maybe, um, because you know we it's not it's not worked out. We've not torn up any trees with them. Yeah, no, that's true. Uh, gentlemen, are you do you think that because of obviously who Southend are and where they are in the league, do you think that result was was um, blown out of proportion for the performance it was given? One one terrible goalie mistake, 
uh, a pretty good strike for the first. Second was really poor defending. Do you think it was as bad as we, we all reacted to it at the time? I think sort of on reflection, like the performance, the capitulation of the performance in the second half was a massive worry. Um, but I think when you look at the the picture, like Southend have taken seven out of the last nine points, haven't they? So, I mean, they're bottom, but they're probably not as bad as their previous points total has suggested. Um, but it was still a, a terrible, terrible loss. And and so to see the, the reaction on Saturday and to, to come away with, with three points against the, the main rivals, I think, was a, was a great response. Well, and let's move on to it. We we beat old plucky Scunthorpe United with its 10 million in debt uh, club. Um, but they do have a wonderful, majestic stadium to to, to show for it. Uh, uh, how did we feel it went? I, I'll be entirely honest. I was expecting to get absolutely hammered. I was trying to think of a better better word to describe it, but... It was. I was expecting an absolute shellacking from them. They'd been performing really well. How did you feel it went, Tom? And what were your expectations going into it? I thought we'd get hammered and all, um, but I thought I thought we played okay. They didn't really. Um, I don't think they created much. Not that we created loads, but I thought we looked the more dangerous going forward. I thought we had a bit more pace about us going forward, which is... is that your third of the pod, Henry? I'm not counting. <laughs> Sorry. This Sorry, is why Henry's just camera. gone to a bit. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't um, even got on to takeaway. We're not even going to do the takeover stuff. We don't have to... You don't have to hit the drink so hard. <laughs> He's just taking a massive gulp. <laughs> well, I mean, if there's any any brewers listening that would like my support, then uh, I'm all ears. We didn't even speak about that, Doc Brears. How do, how do you feel? I think it's my favourite brewery. What about you, gentlemen? <laughs> Absolutely love them, especially the uh, the hard graft. If anyone's listening. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, what were you saying, Tom? Um, I don't know. Oh, it's pace. Yeah, I thought we did attack with a little bit of pace sometimes. Um, and if we could fine-tune that, we'd probably be a better team. I may, like, uh, you know, we have lots of problems. But one of our main problems is, is that we're unable to capitalise on periods of pressure that we had. South End was a, a good example of that. Um, Mansfield was a, another good example. where we, we, we create quite a lot of chances. Um, or opportunities to score, um, but we just don't put them away, or we don't like get a shot off. Um, and it's uh, yeah, it's it's frustrating more than anything. But I, I, I thought we did okay. I thought, I, I, am I the only one who's disappointed that we're not playing out from the back anymore? Probably, yeah, because I just I just don't think. Like, in an ideal world, that's something that I'd want us to do. But, like, I just don't think we, we're we capable of doing it. I don't think it plays to the 11 players that we got on the pitch. Um, and I think, yes, well, so we recorded on Sunday. So yesterday against Scunny, yeah, it was, it was very anti-football. It was very scrappy. Um, but playing the ball longer up the pitch with two strikers up there, sort of managed to shift the game from being played mostly in our half to mostly in the opposition half. And 
sort of uh, it was a terrible game, but Scunny were awful. I, I think they barely had a shot. Um, and I think mainly the response was was the biggest positive. You know, after after the dreadful performance on the second half on Tuesday, I thought the way they responded in terms of the effort and the work rate that they put in, I think I think was a real positive, regardless of, of the style of football that was played. I don't yeah. mind us playing from the back, and it's, I, I'm the same with Henry, and probably the same as you, Tom. Like, I'd like to see that. But firstly, I don't. I, whatever works, works. So if we're finding that lumping it is going to be more effective, and we just don't have the players, then then go with it. But also at the same time, playing out from the back shouldn't just be your only thing you want to do. It doesn't. You, you're not. You're not. You're not throwing away your ethos if one out of the three times you do play it out from the back, you do it by lumping it forward. And if anything, that can be more effective because you're then making the the, the opposition second guess exactly what you're going to do when you have that ball from the back. So I think it, it's, we certainly don't have the players or at least it's not working uh, playing out from the back, but it's something I'd love to aspire to do. Uh, but um, let's get some ball winning and ball playing centre halves to do it with. Yeah, I think, I think, um, Certainly, the centre halves aren't suited to it, um, and obviously Holloway doesn't think the goalie's up to it either. Um, so I think you've just got to work with what you've got. And Waterfall's come here from Lincoln, for example, and you know in that Lincoln side in the conference, they weren't exactly um, playing liquid football from the back, were they? That's just not what he's used to. How do you- wonderful dig. <laughs> how do you think? Um, how do you think Hewitt performed as 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 Anthony centre back yesterday? I thought he was pretty good. Yeah, I thought he played well. Yeah, I think he he looked, played, he looked, natural, Sorry, I just I think he looks. Um, I think he looks the player. He looks the player that that he was at Notts County when he won. Did he win their Player of the Year the season they nearly went up um, before they obviously went down? Um, but uh, I think he. I think he does a job for you wherever you put him in the team. Um, I thought yesterday he looked, he looked like he played there. I know he wasn't seriously tested, um, but I thought what he did, he did well. And was anyone else's heart in the mouth in the last couple of minutes when he made that mistake and then made up for it? Absolutely. I thought, I thought here we, I thought yeah, but I thought here we go again. Mistake, ball across, challenge, you know, no problem. But just um, thinking, just thinking back to those uh, free kicks that you talked about. Um, the delivery from Scunthorpe was appalling for those two chances they had right at the end to put the ball in the box. Do you guys? We we missed out on Ryan Loft apparently in the summer in the summer transfer window. Do you think we missed out on anything? I couldn't even remember anything he did. Did he have in a the shot? Uh, well, the XG would suggest he didn't. Uh, but um, yeah, I don't know if you guys have got any comment on that. He was pretty um, pretty anonymous for me. No, I thought we did a really good job of, of cutting out any of their sort of attacking threats because Neil Bishop, at the start of the Humberside coverage, I was getting wound up by him, but he was pretty honest with his assessment. You know, like they had that winger, is it Eze? Um, yeah. And like, uh, like he was just anonymous. Um, and I, I thought, thought Ryan Lock was the same. Whether. Having the ginger pig up front might have made a difference yesterday. I don't know. Um, He's certainly the sort of quality player that would make a difference in these sort of games, isn't it? When you've got that just a little bit of extra quality, give him half a yard and he can ping it in top left. Yeah, you'd you'd worry if that ball had come across from that Elliot Hewitt mistake that he made up for. If it, if it had come to him, 
at the end, sort of 18 yards out, you expect it in the back of the net, I would have thought. What do you... Um... Um, I, w- I mean, we'll go on to the, the uh, potential red card incident in a second. We don't usually go into this much minutiae of a game, but it would be nice to do so for once. Um, what do you guys think? We've had a couple of games with him now. What do you guys think of Philip Moraes? I'll be entirely honest. I've been, uh, I've had my expectations uh, met and beaten. I wasn't expecting too much. And, and I think I made a point of saying it's a pre- pretty typical town signing. Lose Charles Vernon in the summer and you replace him three months later with a 35 year old winger but in all in all he's been pretty pretty good and his touch for the to set up the corner which then resulted in the goal was was pretty useful wasn't it yeah he's looked good um sorry that's a very leading question well i'd I'd, I'd agree with it i think over the last couple of weeks we've had two additions to the squad which I think have been positives, and he, he's one of them. I think you need to just give him minutes under the belt, and I think he'll, he'll do a job for us. Um, he looks really good on the ball, and he can put a really good ball in, and that's kind of what we need. And and the other addition, um, I think I might have missed it when I was going for a beer, but I think Ira Jackson up front has, has looked really handy. Yeah, we haven't spoken about him yet. I, I, one of the few people we've one of the few players we've ever spoken to on the pod, and he's a really nice guy sort of off the field and is working hard. Um, it's nice to see him including two goals or a goal every couple or so now is really sort of making an impact, isn't he? That last sentence. Yeah, he's just, he just seems to be getting in the right areas. And I think even yesterday, like he was being off scraps a little bit. I thought, I thought Gibson next to him had a bit of a quiet game, but um, Jackson always looks busy up front and, and always gets himself into areas and, he hit the post on Saturday, I think, against Scunthorpe. And it's it's nice to have a striker that just seems to be in positions to pick up scraps and, and hopefully bag a few more. And I think if he keeps doing it, he'll keep scoring. One thing I liked about, and I'm sorry, bringing it back to the Moraes guy, he was, uh, didn't, considering he hasn't played much football, he was only taken off after with sort of 10 minutes to go and was still looking relative. He wasn't dying on his arse, so to speak, like most of us were against Warsaw. Yeah, I'll just get nods of agree. That's all right. That's good. Uh, nods, he, nods he doesn't the radio, aren't they, Alex? Yeah, he doesn't. Um, he doesn't look to. He doesn't have to beat a man with pace. He's a little bit. Um, he just gets the ball, and he, he, you know, his first thought is just to whip it in. And uh, you know, we talked about Edwards going into corners and and not not being an end product. I think I think that he just seems to have one touch, get it out from under his feet, and then he looks to deliver it. And it's usually a quality ball. So we've just got to get people used to the ball coming into the box when, you know, it's not been worth it previously. And what do we think then of, of the challenge on Awara Edwards? Um, Scunthorpe's captain in chief, uh, pretty much moving, making, doing a, a wrestling move on him and body checking him into the ground via his throat. Any thoughts on it from you gentlemen? I thought it was obstruction. I, I, I don't think it was, if, if that had been given as a red against us, I think we'd have probably been a little bit 50. I think it's probably a referee's call job. Yeah, that's his job. Exactly. It was a red card every day of the week. <laughs> One thing I didn't like about it is it, there's, there's nothing wrong with standing your ground, but he did turn into him and raise his, raise his forearm yeah, true. up to yeah, me. That's true. He knew exactly what he was doing. It was a bit like an NFL block in that sense. Um, you, well, I'll let you take the stand on that one. I have no idea about that. Um, yeah, I, I, I think Bruce got a point. I think if if town if that had gone against town and it was a 
a red card, I'd have been a bit bit annoyed about it. But equally, like the way he turned and the amount of pace that Edwards was going at and just turned straight into him, like and how deliberate it was, I, I would I was kind of expecting a red, but the referee bottled it. Would VAR have overruled it? That's the question, isn't it? What was Stephen Parker said? I think if you watch that in slow motion, like most of us have done now and, and seen images, I think VAR would have sent you off for it anyway. Uh, I just think it was, as, I think it's the raise of the arm that is what did it for him. And that, and that's that's why, like, say, I, I, you know, I think saying if it had been given against us, we would have been miffed. I mean, you'd only be miffed if you sort of didn't understand the rules, really. It's a red card every day of the week end of there, there isn't really any I, you know, I can't see why there's a discussion around it like it was uh, intensely done uh, it was dangerous and it was excessive that's a red card well Neil yeah. Cox said he was protecting his face and though there's a pretty big height disparity between the two I think uh, Edwards is five foot nothing and, and Jordan Clark was about six foot eight in, in those images uh, I, know, <laughs> I know you can uh, uh, I've just made my point, but you could protect your face by punching somebody. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's just how they breed them over there. I think that's what the problem is. Um, I, think Tom, I, think, I think Tom. I think Tom's probably summed up. He's probably brought that one to an end. I think that was a pretty good. Uh, I'm not. I'm not going to argue with him. I thought. Um, I thought Spokes had his best game yesterday for Town. Yeah, we were. Yeah, I think that's a good one to go on to next. I, I was slightly worried about him being in the centre midfield for it, but seemed to be up for it. Kept the ball pretty well when he had it. Um, he just needs time to grow, I think, doesn't he? I think. I think Didn't he sign him from Taunton Town because yeah. in the post-match interview, um, Holloway said he'd he called it wrong, didn't he? Rovers, but I'm I'm sure we signed him from Taunton Town, didn't we? I imagine he's probably had some dealings with Bristol Rovers at some point, maybe academy oh, players. Taunton Rovers, he said. Oh, Taunton. Yeah, no, he definitely came from Taunton because they tweeted about it afterwards as well, congratulating him on his uh, his starting position uh, i thought he sorry i thought he uh i thought he i thought he he gave the ball away a little bit but i think that he generally got his head up and tried to move it quite quickly which is another thing i don't think we often do you know he often he got his head up out to you know out to murray particularly in the when we were attacking the pontoon so it was the second half wasn't it um i um yeah i i i think it looks it looked good in there um i mean clifton gives you what Clifton does, you know, you know, you know what you're going to get from Harry. Um, you know, I thought the two, you know, two young young midfielders in there. Um, like I say, we lacked a little bit of quality at times, but as we said right at the, at the top of the pod, that I don't think you can. You know, I thought what what really impressed me yesterday was the way that they recovered from that second half, and we we didn't give apart from the silly free kicks, we didn't give anything easily. We battled and fought for everything. It wasn't pretty. Um, but I just, it just was, it was everything that was needed. And I think the clean sheet was quite important. What yeah, do you guys Clifton, think about getting, I'm oh, sorry. Clifton put in a couple of quality challenges really early on, which I uh, quite enjoyed. Yeah. yeah. I, I thought just on the, on the midfield pairing before we move on, like I thought they worked really hard and, and they did a really, really good job in breaking up play. Uh, I think the, the only thing that we need to work on moving forward was sort of distribution. Um, I think I think especially Harry was a little bit guilty at times. Balls into the box that were about twenty yards too long. Um, yeah. But but other than that, I thought I thought they both had had really good games in terms of breaking up Scunthorpe's play. Like 
Scunthorpe created nothing. I think I think sort of the work rate from from those two was a large part of it. You surprised? And um, this is one thing that I just noticed looking through it. Scunny only made two substitutions all game, considering he can make five. When you're chasing the game at one nil, I mean, I don't really know much about their their lot really. Um, are you surprised by that? Only two subs out of the we made four um, chasing so, the game. So a while ago, I looked at the there was a stat on Twitter, and it was we've got the second youngest squad in the league, and and the only and the only team that's got the younger squad was Scunny. So I don't know, like, because they've got a few injuries. I think you know Van Veen's obviously out for a while. I think I think they're losing, missing a couple of other starters. So maybe it might well just be a point that they've just got kids on the bench and, and Neil Cox wasn't really to, willing to put them on in a derby. Is this also a good opportunity, perhaps, will, perhaps for an unchanged side? Or do you think he'll bring Waterfall back in for Tuesday? What would, we, I think what would everybody do? Back in. I think I'd, if you'd have had Waterfall... I'd stick with Hewitt. Like, you, you kept a clean sheet for the first time in God knows how long. I'd, I probably wouldn't change it myself, but... And speaking of the clean sheet, are you gentlemen happy to see McEwen back in goal or not particularly bothered? I mean, I've made my points pretty clear on the podcast. It's, I think it was an absolutely stupid decision to take him out. But um, if it's it kept a clean sheet, I guess, in the long run. so Well, it didn't work, did it? No. <laughs> no, I, I think McEwen's clearly the number one. And I think while in fairly dire need for points, like especially like club captain, big leader on the field, Um yeah, I, I really don't know why why you take him out of the squad. Sorry, it'd be interesting to see how that one pans out now because if that was just a one-off, I mean, I think um, Hollow Ian was questioned yesterday by John Tonder after the game, wasn't he, about whether it was a deliberate ploy not to play from the back and I think he gave a um, typically spiky response and, uh, you know, it was the players have been, it's up to the players. Um, but uh, I um, I think it's, it was, you know, be interesting to see. But this thing about bringing in somebody to challenge him, there can't be many clubs at this level where you've got um, where you've where you've got two goalkeepers that, are, you know, presumably somebody to challenge him would be on a decent wage or would be a, a loan that would be expecting to play like a bit like Mummy Tyne Henderson from a from a, a division or two above. Do you think it's also affected two goalkeepers, not just the one? How do you think Oli Battersby must be feeling at the moment? He's not gone out on loan or anything like that as a as, as a as a choice keeper, and and the coach is going in above him. Do you think that would affect him? And we've probably not taken that into consideration, or do you think he he won't be too bothered? He's been he's been a first team player for three years and and made, I think what sixteen league starts in those three years from from Oz or loan appearances. He's probably pretty miffed. It's all ripe for a a quality training ground bust-up. Uh, going back to Henry's, it's never boring. Uh, this could be a, a, a new episode in the uh, long and illustrious uh, <laughs> stories of uh, coming out of Cheapside. So we might have edited that bit out, but um, yeah. So uh, there's always rumours coming from Cheapside, aren't there, Tom? Um, what sort of... Um, where were we going to go with that? Um, I've lost my thread. I've lost my thread and I haven't written it down. Well, we were talk- other- sorry. Sorry. No, we were just talking. We, we just talked about the midfield pairing, didn't we? And uh, I just think I just think the performance was everything. On uh, yes, not the performance. Sorry, the result was everything. Speaking of um, speaking of spike interviews as well from Holloway, uh, Place Bob, always happy Bob, has said 
Holloway now decided not to put money in. Uh, have you got any thoughts on this and what's behind his increasingly stroppy interviews with Tonda? It's been cringing to listen to them. Have you gentlemen got anything, any thoughts on that? I think, I think a manager deciding not to invest a hundred pounds, a hundred grand in the club that's employed him is pretty normal because the fact that he wanted to was pretty unusual in the first place. So I think that's probably a good thing um, because it's sort of normal. It's not weird. Um, I think the stroppy interviews, like he's come in with a very good reputation and he's had a a good career getting two teams to the Premier League and he's stuck in all of this melodrama. So I'm I'm not surprised that he's pissed off, to be quite honest. (laughs) Oh, by the way, Henry, your thing was right as well. Sorry. The the stroppy interviews are unprofessional. Um, it's it's part of his job and his his remit as a manager to give post match interviews, um, regardless of whether um, he's um, you know pleased with the questions or not. The the journalist's question in this case, John Tonder. His questions are are supposed to be asked to to get answers for the the viewing public or the listening public as he's on on the radio. Like he's supposed to ask or try and ask like questions that might give an insightful response, uh, inform supporters and other members of the media of the day to day ongoings at the club and um, you know anything else that might be of interest to people uh, for him to sort of say you know what do you want me to say da, 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 da. what we want him to say is what he he thinks it, you know it just goes without saying really yes um, some managers don't always say what they're actually thinking and they <laughs> use like uh, kidology or whatever they used to call it with Ferguson um, and that's fine, but you have a, he has a duty as the manager of Grimsby Town to, to answer the questions and, and try and answer them fairly and in, in, in a nice manner. He doesn't have to speak. John Tonda's been around Grimsby Town a lot longer than Ian Holloway has, and John Tonda will be around Grimsby Town a lot longer than Ian Holloway will be in the future. Um, you have to be respectful to people who are trying to do the job, just as he would expect to um, to have questions fielded to him in a respectful manner as well. So, I, yeah, I just think it's totally unprofessional. Can you hear me? Yeah, all good. Right. Um, yeah, I um, I think that it's a dig. The 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 lack of investment, I I don't really have a problem with because, as you've said already, um, it's. Uh, it's it's not normal. Um, I'd rather he just was not a board member and concentrated on running the team. Um, and I think it's also uh, a knock at um, the current board. Uh, he was happy to invest. Um, and now he's not, um, partly because of what's gone on with the recent shenanigans and partly because I think he's not sure who's going to be running the club. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't. I don't have a problem with it and I don't really blame him for it. Dean Stratton says, uh, the pods have been ingrateful. Thank you very much. Uh, Matty Pollock is going to, is Matty Pollock going to be the next big uh, money sale? And what should be done with in January with Dembele sell on windfall? If it comes, uh, my opinion would be um, pay Fenty off. Uh, <laughs> that's probably the best thing we can do with it. Um, uh, 
But um, I hope we don't sell Matty Pollock too long. I think we we we're all guilty of selling players far too early when we should should keep them for a, a little bit while a longer while. Uh, but um, what's his I, what's his contract situation? Uh, you guys talk amongst yourselves and talk about what you want to do about Dembele, and I'm heading to Cod Almighty, and I'll find out when it ends. I've got a feeling that unless we've got an option, it might be this season. Well, let's be honest, options don't help us. <laughs> no, we'll, we'll just offer, we'll just offer them less than they were on, and then, and then so the option becomes unimportant. Somebody tweeted me a bit ago and said that he's got that we've, we've got an option of another year, but I don't know whether that's right or not. But uh, I think if you remember, if you think back to the Ryan Bennett thing, didn't we? Um, didn't the chairman sell Ryan Bennett when we didn't have a manager? Yeah, uh, second Mike Newell in, was. Yeah, second Mike Newell was there. We, we got rid of him. So then, when uh, when was it? Woodsy took over after that. Yeah. And so Woodsy took over, and you've lost your, your. He was captain as well, wasn't he? Um, your captain in your centre half. Year old captain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but he's gone, you know. And and look, look how that season ended. Don't worry, we've got a friend with Peterborough next year to 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 smoothen the, smoothen it out. Brilliant. Did that we way. ever play that? Did we ever play that friendly? I think we did. Yeah, it was well worth it because we all remember it. It's like getting Celtic down for a pre-season friendly. You know when they bring thousands and thousands. It's the same sort of thing when Peterborough come up here. Um, so Luke, uh, not Luke Waterfall. So uh, Matty Pollock. Yeah, trying to find him. May oh, 2021. So yeah, he's up until this season apparently. At the end of this season. You'd like to think that we've got an extension clause on there, um, but as as has been mentioned, we don't really have a great a great track record with extension clauses. So I'm certainly clipping that bit because it will go up against the fact that we've let Matty Pollock go on a free to Peterborough <laughs> <laughs> on loan on loan to the end of the season with a view to a two hundred thousand deal. Yeah, exactly. So um, it doesn't say anything there about an extension, but I'd the the way we're playing it, I imagine so. But if I was Matty Pollock, I wouldn't be looking at signing it. I, they, he must have quite a few options around. Well, I mean, it was it was noted in the summer that there are a couple of Premier League teams looking at him. Um, He's not quick enough. I, I I think he's going to have options higher up the leagues, regardless, yeah. really, isn't he? So he's not quick enough though. Premier League now, I don't think. No, but but I think certainly to be stashed in a an under twenty three side to be to be loaned back out and maybe make a bit of money on, I, I can see how people might be tempted. Um, He'd make a great Italian defender. He'd be a brilliant. He'd be brilliant at Roma or somewhere like that. Sassuolo, Sassuolo. Um, but yeah, there we go. So that's that part of it. I've got no other questions, gentlemen. I do believe. So what would you spend the Dembele money on? I'd say get rid of Fenty, pay him off. But How I don't think we're going to get that much. I think it was like a twenty-five percent or twenty percent sell-on fee. But well, I imagine that's on top going. of. Uh, there's a number of clubs interested apparently, but obviously this is now he tends to lose his um, interest come January. Yeah, as a player. But um, I'd say we'd be looking. On, I'd spend it on a new port cabin for the training ground. A, a new port. Where would you put it? There's already two. <laughs> Have to buy like the second hole from uh, Waltham Windmill, I think. Just buy the windmill. We could have a training ground office, um, but yeah, I don't think the beauty of portal cabins is that you can stack them in it. So you know, just put them <laughs> in ones. 
we know stairs. <laughs> yeah, we've got to wait to sell someone to get the stairs. You've got to climb up a, la- <laughs> climb up a ladder on the outside. Just a bit of scaffolding around the back. The top of the old floodlights, you climb up that. Oh, don't give them ideas. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if we've got them. Do you think we sold the tops of the floodlights for scrap? I think I think the uh, the stairs could well be somewhere uh, about the facility, and we could easily use them to to get to the double decker porter cabin. No question. Has anybody got anything else they want to add before we go? Um, no. no, other than that, we need to get the off the field stuff resolved before January. That's about it, really. That's the most important thing. Do you guys think we'll get a takeover done? Do you think it's going to happen? Not convinced. It's going to have to... The owner is going to have to want to leave. And I'm not yeah. convinced that's the case. Tom, you shaking your head as well. You don't think it's going to happen? Uh, no, I don't think it's going to happen before January, unfortunately. And and Bruce, what about you? I think there, there needs to be a massive change of heart um, in, 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 the current, in the current majority, majority shareholder. Um, we, we're not privy to those conversations, but it hasn't happened before. Um, I'm, I'd love to see it happen, and I'm pleased just on that, you know, to see the, the efforts that the fans are going to to start thinking of alternatives to get this resolved. Um, should should the current opportunity not come to anything, because I think there's, you know, the desire for change is unanimous among, amongst the fan base, from what I can see. Good. And with that, we'll all take what, a. Well, we'll all, well, sorry. What a positive note to end on for Christmas. <laughs> well, yeah. Merry Christmas, everyone. I don't think we'll be doing a podcast between now and then. We've done too many. We're exhausted already. Uh, so um, have yourself a good Christmas. Open up a tin of Doc's beers uh, and drink that, and then go buy some more Doc beers. That that hard graft IPA really is lovely, Alex. <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, and and then then go and uh, have a good. Uh, Merry Christmas and uh, then go do New Year and open up a, a couple of Doc's beers then as well. well any 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 particular Doc's beers you'd recommend, Henry? Uh, the hard I like overtime. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, 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 Tom is saying goodbye on his last podcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but thanks, gentlemen. We'll speak very soon. Uh, and Merry Christmas, everyone.